Today on CityCast Philly, back in September, the team and I recorded these peaceful sounds in South Philly. It's the sounds from FDR Park Meadows. It's a little green thumb in a dense urban industrial area. But the city has big plans for the park, including new soccer fields, a welcome center, and more wetlands. Some concerned residents, though, say they feel like it's going to ruin an already great thing. It's Monday, October 24th, 2022. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Hi, everyone. My name is Dina Willow, and I'm from Save the Meadows. Um, I'm one of the caretakers here and volunteers. I'm Lady Danny Morenic. I am a good lady forager, eco-activist, and crone. Uh, my name is Kermit O. I'm a former science teacher turned organizer around issues of land, food, and environment. Um, I am one of the organizers for the uh, Coalition for the People's Plan for FDR Park. When I first pulled up, I was just, my mouth dropped because I saw nothing but trees and green, and I don't even feel like I'm in Philly. Um, I don't even see the skyline because the trees are so tall. Um, and so please just tell me where we are and your connection to this park. Okay, so this right here is a section that we call the Meadows. Um, this was a golf course, formerly a golf course, and it was decommissioned in 2019 in order to um, initiate this master plan. And it turned into the most beautiful oasis naturally. It grew back during the pandemic. And it ended up being an incredible healing spot for everyone. Can you talk about some of the environmental benefits that this park provides? Just walk. Um, it, when people came out on my foraging walks, they were so surprised to find this back here. They were also surprised to find the variety of edible and medicinal things. And not to mention just the fact that, you know, studies have been done that as few as 20 minutes, even in an urban green area, can really reduce self-reported feelings of stress, as well as improve life feelings of wellness and well-being. And that's something that people are not concentrating on. I mean, we do need to be connecting with nature and getting away from, you know, other things to just have a minute to decompress, to release stress. And I think that has a wider appeal to a larger number of people than just putting an athletic field in. Um, this is a natural climate change mitigator. Yes, exactly. That that's what it, it's this is the hero we're all looking for. It's a green canopy. It, it is a green canopy and it, it it sucks all the pollution. So you are literally in like the, the four points. It's it, it's it's toxic. You have the Hillco refinery or the Sunoco refinery. You have the Philadelphia Water Department. I mean, growing up, I could in Southwest, we could never even have our windows open on, on, on certain days in the summertime. Forget about it. Always stunk. And so if you weren't hit by the landfill, you were hit by the, like I said, the refinery or the water department. And then the airport. And then the airport. And just um, from an ecological point, not only ripping down the trees and we're having issues with climate and heat, and this is when one of the hottest summers that we've had in a decade, that's incredibly irresponsible. Just 
when every time that you cut down one tree, you're missing how many other things rely on that tree, from squirrels, from other you know uh, pollinators, all of those things that are being impacted. And it was the saddest thing to see when they had ripped down a lot of this stuff, and you would see like wildlife that was just deer were actually stunned there because they didn't know what to do. And I don't. I don't think that they ever thought about when they ripped this down, like what happens to the foxes and the deer and all these other, you know, people here. Because this is still um, in the city. So where are these wildlife supposed to go? Are they going in the southwest? Are they going in South Philly now? I mean, so let's talk about the plans to change the park. What will the change be? Um, so you're taking 342 acres of park, which is a mixture of, I mean, mostly natural spaces and then obviously spaces that people gather for community events and stuff like that. And you're creating, uh, the plan is 12 general purpose athletic fields, uh, four baseball diamonds, three or four basketball courts, and originally a top golf, golf course in the Southwest Quadrant. That has since been scrapped. Um, and... There was a lot of attention paid to FIFA. Like people were talking about the World Cup and like, oh, you know, FIFA is going to ruin FDR Park. But FIFA was a distraction the entire time. Um, so the master plan was started back in 2017. The community engagement uh, 2018, 2019. So this plan has been in the works for a while. And, and, and didn't like 3,000 people participate in that? So they say. Um, those numbers, I'm not really sure where those numbers come from. So I petitioned them because there were some things that stood out to me as a little suspicious. Um, and so the numbers that I've seen are 1,300 and so uh, surveys, 84% of those folks were white. So that's interesting because, well, first of all, South Philly is a really diverse place. So to say that you heard from South Philly is not accurate because you miss a whole lot of people. Um, but if you look at the master plan document online, it tells you a few things demographically. It talks about um, the age range of people that participated, supposedly, and then the areas of the city that they live in, right? Missing was ethnicity or, or race and also language spoken. Okay. And you've taken issue to some of these changes. What would you do differently? Just pause on this plan, right? Again, let's look at what people said back then because we don't think that it matches up. Let's collect new data to reflect what's changed, right? That's not an unreasonable request, right? So I think the, for me, the key thing is engaging with community in an authentic and transparent way. So like even have like a public dashboard say like, hey, here's in real time, Here's who's, um, who's answered a survey or participated in the process. Here's what they said. And really collecting that data in a really transparent way. We just want, like I mentioned earlier, to have an iterative process where like, we're, people are, get a chance to speak on what they want. Right? And there's a possibility. There's an outside possibility. They're like, hey, we'll, we'll survey and talk to thousands and thousands of people. And they're like, hey, you know what? We want 12 fields. We want to destroy the meadows. We want exactly the master plan. That could happen. It won't. But it could happen. And if that happens, yeah, we just had to sit down and say, like, okay, well, the people have spoken, and that's, that's fine. Oh, and you all wrote a letter to city council. What did that letter say? Yeah, so once we started digging into the master plan and just recognizing just the disparities between what people said they wanted and um, what the plan actually uh, showed, and also just the fact that, you know, four years have passed since the plan was devised, and, like, people's properties changed, people's needs for public space changed. So we sent this letter, uh, open, an open letter to published by Grid Magazine, um, to uh, Mayor Kenny to Parks and Rec Commissioner Catherine Ad Lavelle to um, City Council, asking them to say, hey, laying out all the stuff we're talking about now. We're really, what we called for in the letter was a, a moratorium on, on the plan, like just pause on it for the time being, um, a full release of the data that they collected in the, in the community engagement process, um, uh, a, a chance to do a new round of community engagement to reflect the fact that priorities have shifted and, and needs have changed. And um, no one responded to that letter, um, except for one, uh, the Office of Kenyatta Johnson did respond. But it's a weird interaction because um, the person, and I won't name them, um, responded to say, 
oh, any issues, concerns about this, this issue, check out, look at this link. The link she sent me was to the master plan. It's, it was really weird because like, we are responding to that. We've looked at that document, this is what the letter is about. So why are you telling me, look at the master, did you read the letter? She said, yeah, I did read the letter. Um, and we have not heard back from them since. Oh. Um, Actually, I did um, reach out to Kenyatta Johnson, and I actually did get a response, which I was surprised about. Um, but again, he stood up with the city's story about, oh, well, you know, with everything that's going on in Philadelphia and the shootings right now, we do really need uh, safe play areas for black and brown youth. And I challenged him on that with the fact that, you know, the fact that they won't be necessarily coming here. Did anybody ask these youth about it? Plus, if you're dealing with young kids or kids that don't have a lot of money, do you really think they're going to waste the money on SEPTA in order to get here, to be able to play here? Not to mention the fact, again, with the mental health issues, which are generally not discussed in the black and brown community, this offers respite from all of that. And that's, I think, a better use of the space than constantly pushing the, I, I mean, it just galls me because it's like, we're only important if we play sports? Come on! Right. So, in terms of um, doing this for black and brown youth, right? If you look at the data once again, in terms of the age range, which is public uh, information, um, they talked to hardly anybody who was a teenager or younger. So how can you speak on what youth want when you didn't talk to any young people? Um, most young people in Philly don't want to leave the neighborhoods for various reasons. I mean, it's, it's about, some of it's laziness, because they don't want to go far. Some of it, but, but, but the bulk of it is fear, right? They just, they're afraid, they're afraid of, like, can't be walking around a place that I'm not familiar with, right? And then in terms of the race aspect of it, so what's being what's happening is like, oh, we're doing it for black and brown youth uh, to, uh, you know, help with gun violence or something like that, right? Which is a weird premise, right? There's all kinds of reasons why people are killing each other, but you know that's not going to necessarily solve it. Um, but what's also true, and this is documented, there's all kinds of research studies about this, is that green space is a direct contributor to reduction in violence, right? P when people are like uh, what Lady and Willow both mentioned in terms of the mental health benefits and the physical health benefits, and food and everything else, right? Like all that stuff is healing. So that's going to make violence go down. Also, the fact that it's a space for a community to gather. When people, you know, build community with each other, less violence, right? So there's all kinds of reasons why you want to protect this. So if your actual concern is youth violence, then why would you take away a thing that's been documented to mitigate that? To be honest, really, I mean, if you ask me, this whole thing is so convoluted. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. Nobody wants this. Nobody. Black, brown, white. Nobody wants it. People need a place to escape. They need nature. And this was all we had. There's nothing like it. The, the trees were so tall that they created a sound barrier. And you, you couldn't hear 95. You couldn't hear the hustle and bustle. You know, I, I'm all for recreation. I love recreation, you know. I would love to hear bands and, and have farmers markets. And that's beautiful. But keep that on the recreation side. Uh, this was never supposed to be recreation. When, this, when this, this park was initially built, recreation was the other side abroad where all the um, stadiums are. They sold that and then they brought the recreation here and then this part was all that was quiet and natural but it was a golf course. So when it grew back, when they decommissioned it, it was, it was like God's gift. This was some kind of beautiful gift from nature. Is there a way that like you all can work with the city or like, is there like a, a, a point where it's like everyone is okay with something and what would that something be? Compromise involves a conversation That's right. and they're not willing to have one. I mean, I was totally for like Charlie Chisholm, if they won't give you a seat at the table, then bring a folding chair. They've moved the table. 
So there's nowhere for us to pull up. They won't even like let us know where they've moved the table to. And I don't see how we're going to ever come to any kind of compromise. We are just concerned citizens that believe that we have the right to speak out against something that we see that we feel is completely wrong. There are 40,000 empty lots in the city of right. Philadelphia. Use one. Thank you all Thank you for, for spending time with me and teaching me all about FDR Park. Thank, Thank you. you. By the way, we reached out to the city regarding Kermit, Dina, and Lady Danny's request to pause the construction of the park until more community engagement has been done. The Parks and Recreation Department got back to us with a statement. Here's an excerpt from it, and we'll have the full statement in our show notes. Quote, when you say residents calling for a pause, we hope your reporting can reflect that a tremendous number of other residents are not calling for a pause. In fact, over 3,000 residents speaking seven languages helped create a vision for the future of FDR Park through a robust public engagement process. The resulting community-driven plan found a balance between the water, nature, and recreation that define FDR Park. There are many communities that call this park home, and the FDR Park plan seeks to balance all users' needs while making sure the park doesn't become unusable due to regular and worsening flooding. In addition, for the past 12 months, Fairmount Park Conservancy and Philadelphia Parks and Recreation have conducted over 50 hours of open, transparent public engagement through briefings, open houses, park walk and talks, and community association presentations throughout South Philly. These engagements will continue throughout the implementation of the park plan, end quote. Be sure to listen to tomorrow's episode that looks at the FDR park plan from a different perspective. And here's what else Philly's talking about. A team of local and national leaders on Superintendent Tony Wallington's transition team released their report of recommendations for Philly schools. According to Chalkbeat Philadelphia, the report includes 91 recommendations like improving communications and collaboration between staff, students, and families. And the Call to Serve Community Development Corporation and the Leon H. Sullivan Community Development Corporation are working to convert a former North Philadelphia church into a new community center. According to the Metro, the groups want to transform the Zion Baptist Church Annex building into the Reverend Leon H. Sullivan Impact Center. Sullivan was a former civil rights leader who did a lot of activism in North Philadelphia. You can check out more about these stories and others in our newsletter, Hey Philly. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Please tell your friend who might live in South Philly about this episode. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Wetlands. <laughs> wetlands. Oh, the wetlands. <laughs>